As sin has increased in this world in an irreversible fashion, the Bible says that when man gets to the place where they harden their hearts so much, it's irreversible. Oh, not because God cannot do a miracle. It's because they will no longer look to God. Their heart becomes so hardened, singed as with a hot iron, seared. The foundations that God has planned, humanity, marriage, family, children, ultimately the entire family structure has been destroyed. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. When Jesus left the earth, he said, I'm coming back in the same way I left. And the Bible says that he left the earth and he is in heaven. Oh, he's not hiding. He's very watchful. He's very attentive. But he said, are you? Because when he confronted Adam and Eve in the garden... Adam and Eve were making excuses. Adam and Eve failed to trust God, and they listened to the lie of the enemy, and they bought. They took a bite out, if you will, of the lie. And the Bible says they died spiritually. They were separated from God, and they had to come. As far as I would understand, their hearts were right with God when death did find them. Death was not a part of of creation. Death is the product of sin. The reason we die is because of sin. It's not because of God. It is the end result of sin. So in the garden, when God said, Adam, where are you? Instead of Adam coming clean and saying, God, I messed up. He told God, he said, God, I was hiding from you because I was afraid. How many know you can't hide from God? Is there anybody out there think you can? Everybody didn't raise your hand, so I thought you might think. So when God said, Adam, where are you? It was not that God didn't know where Adam was. God wanted Adam to know very plainly where he was. And there's in this room and in this world we live, there's many people that are playing hide and seek with God. And they're, they're trying to say, well, God, you understand what I'm going through. You understand my flesh. You understand this. And God said, no. I winked at all of that stuff. I gave you mercy, I gave you grace, and God says, it's time to stop playing hide and seek. Ready or not, here I come. It's time to get real with God. This world we are in, last week we talked about a spiritual crisis. Today we're going to talk about a carnal crisis. In the days preceding the flood, all self-restraint was laid aside. Folks, in 2013, all self-restraint is laid aside. The things that were not are now being promoted as should be. Whatever someone desired, they did. 
I'm designing the picture of the days before the flood, the days of Noah. Selfish gratification. Unrighteousness. Unholiness. These were the issue. Are they not the issues today? Now let me touch on that word carnal for a moment because many people immediately say, well, that means of the flesh. The actual definition for the word carnal means worldly, earthy, or temporal. It means we're living in this world, this earthly world, in this temporal condition, and we either have a choice of trusting God or trusting the world. Are you with me? Sensuality and tyranny have overrun morals and purity. The immoral has become the new moral. All you got to do is flip the television on and scroll through your thing. What do we have? We got a thousand channels and we can't ever find anything to watch. We don't have that many channels, but we got a bunch. And I'm flipping through and and it just seems like every, every channel I go down, I'm thinking, why is there a TV show about big butts? Can I say that in church? I mean, everything I can imagine, how to gain this, lose that. And I'm not talking about things I can talk about in church. Vampires, werewolves, uh, uh, you know, Martians and aliens. I mean, they got an alien channel. And I'm not talking about the guys from the south of the border. I'm talking about alien channels. All alien means, folks, before I get in trouble for being not politically correct, if that's the worst I do, you guys would be good. <laughs> all it means is they're not, they're, this isn't where they're from. That's all it means. It's amazing that we even have to explain that stuff, isn't it? The sensual has become the sensible. Common sense is no longer sensed as common. And the usual has become the unusual. What we find in the days of Noah is a complete disregard of godliness and a supremacy of evil. Evil in thought. Not just thought, but evil in intent. I flipped the news last night. I get news. My wife, I'm a newsaholic. I am continually watching the news, not because I'm consumed by the news, I'm consumed with the Lord's return. And I want to be the best pastor I can possibly be to bring you the greatest information you possibly can. Why? That when the outlook looks bad, you'll realize the uplook is still good. And so that's why I, I watch the news, I listen to the news. I'll be on my, my phone, my wife will say, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading the news. I'll be on the computer, what are you doing? I'm reading the news. I got news last night. They got this brand new thing. It's called a knockout gang. How many have heard about it? Just gangs of kids. All of a sudden, Jimmy here will be just walking down the road, minding his own business. And it's like these flash mob things. You heard of those things? All of a sudden, these kids will just come up and just knock him as hard as he can. Well, they did that yesterday. The guy fell. His head it went in between the railings of a of a iron clad fence, broke his neck, killed him. Boom. Knockout. It's just fun they do. How many don't think that's fun? 
family of this dead guy don't think it's fun either. I can just go through the news and tell you things. Look at this. Evil in thought, intent, and imagination is why God said, I'm done with mankind. Their heart was bent on nothing but evil, not just temporarily, but in every single thing. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles represent anybody outside of Christ, not living for God, not having a sense of godliness, nor wanting to. Don't live like the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. I'm reading out the, in the New Living Translation. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have, they have, underline this, they have closed their minds. They have hardened their hearts against God. We sit back and say, well, God wouldn't do this. You're right. God doesn't do any of it. We do it ourselves. They have no sense of shame. How many know people like that? How many used to be people like that? They live for lustful pleasure, eagerly practicing every kind of impurity. Now let me read it to you out of the NIV version. Just that last verse, it says, They have lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they continually lust for more. Folks, does that not sound like the world we live in today? This is the picture of the carnality that consumed the world in Noah's time. It's the carnality consuming the world in our time. Let me take you all the way back to Noah. Genesis chapter 6. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and saw that everything they thought, everything they imagined, everything they did was consistently and totally evil. You say, Pastor, that's, that's not fair. Folks, once again, let's go back to the television. How much, if you are godly, if you are a Christian, if you are a man of holiness, a woman of purity, how much on television is there to watch? I tell you what, when I was a kid, that stuff wouldn't even be on the news. I remember years and years ago, I went into a radio station. They were going to play a record that I had. And the guy, the guy looked and said, you want to see something, Tim? Let me play you some of the records that I get in here. They had language that you would not believe. Oh, yes, you would, because it's played on the radio today. They wouldn't allow it back then. But because of places like things like the ACLU, well, it's their right. Well, bless God, it's not the Christian's right to preach. Why is it their right to curse? Oh, I'm going to get irritated this morning, all right. But why? Once again in the news, a military, a decorated military man at a shopping center, at a mall, just telling people, God bless you, got arrested. A decorated military man just a couple days ago. Go look at it. Go Google it. Go news it. Whatever you do it. Totally evil. So much so, look what it says in the next verse. The Lord was sorry he'd even made man and it broke his heart. And he said, I'm going to wipe off the human race from the earth. I'm going to destroy every living thing. Not just people. I'm going to destroy the animals, the big ones, the little ones, the birds. I'm sorry, I've even created this thing. Now you say, well, God is omniscient, so he knew exactly. You're exactly right. But God still has a heart 
that hates to see the junk that we bring upon ourselves. How many here when your child does wrong and they hurt themselves because of something they did purposely wrong, how many does it still break your heart? Think about that from God. Billions of people breaking his heart every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year. But Noah found favor with God. Noah was a righteous man. That does not mean he was a perfect man. It does not mean he was without fault or sin. It means that he was a man that looked after God, that looked towards God. Righteousness means I make myself in right standing with God because God made himself in right standing with me. We become righteous, ladies and gentlemen, because of Jesus Christ, not because of church. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and filled with violence. I don't have time to get into that word violence, but it is amazing. Go, go study. If you, if you get into to Hebrew at all, go study the word violence. It will blow your mind. You'll think you're reading the morning news. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. That's pretty serious. Everyone. And how many know when God said everyone? He meant everyone. God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy everything. I'm going to wipe out all of mankind. Now let me go back to that fifth verse, and let me read just the one line out of the living translation or the living Bible. It says, the trend and direction of men's lives were only towards evil continually. Out of the Amplified Bible, it reads this way, Every imagination and intention of all the human thinking was only continually evil. Number one in your notes, God said he would destroy all of creation because of the carnality of mankind. Mankind became so worldly minded, they were no heavenly good. Laura Schlesinger, if you ever have listened to any talk radio, she's a very big radio talk person down in L.A., the Los Angeles area. That's where she was. I'm not sure if she's there still, but she's on talk radio. She made this statement. She said, the United States is in the midst of a moral crisis. America lacks a moral framework. And look what she does. She says the clergy has a lot to blame. Folks, look at me. A lot of this blame comes upon the guy behind this desk. And I agree with her. I pray that I'm not this guy. I don't think I'm this guy. But listen to what she said. With all due respect, they have become more like camp counselors than leaders. What they are doing is saying this. I want the people to come back next week. So I can't challenge them too much. I can't ask them too much. I can't tell them that religion demands something of them. And Laura, in her very wonderfully cynical way, said, God does demand something of you. And since the preachers won't stand up and preach it, it's like the inmates are running the institution. Like I say, I hope I'm not that guy. I think in this church, when you leave here, you know right and wrong, good and bad, up and down, in and out. Can anybody say amen? 
as sin has increased in this world in an irreversible fashion, the Bible says that when man gets to the place where they harden their hearts so much, it's irreversible. Oh, not because God cannot do a miracle. It's because they will no longer look to God. Their heart becomes so hardened, singed as with a hot iron, seared. The foundations that God has planned, humanity, marriage, family, children, ultimately the entire family structure has been destroyed. And folks in America, I was just talking to Richard Cox in the back, how that this new, this new, folks, I'm not a politically correct. If you're visiting this morning, I hope you come back next week. I am not politically correct. This whole new Obamacare crap. Did I say that in church? Okay. Listen to me. If you voted for him, praise the Lord. We we pray for our president, folks. We don't condemn our president. We pray for him. Because the Bible says God's the one that put him there. They're now giving more money to cohabitors than they are to married couples. Because they want you to live together instead of marrying. What did you say, Richard? $92,000 they'll give you compared to $62,000 if you're married? No subsidies. Man, it's all shack up. Well, don't put that on the tape. Keep that off the tape, okay? That was cynicism. That was cynical, folks. That was sarcasm. But think about it. Why does the world promote everything that is opposed to God? Because God said they would. You say, pastors, is that simple? Very much so. Very much so. Jesus is coming back, and the devil knows his time is short. So his objective is to deceive and destroy as many as he can so that they might not make heaven. Are you with me? You say, well, pastor, what's that mean? The Bible says no fornicator is going to heaven. Well, fornication means you're living together outside of marriage. The Bible says no adulterer is going to go to heaven. What does that mean? Anybody that is married and has somebody on the side. The Bible says no drug abuser. Man, I'm getting people upset. I have the gift of irritation, folks. It manifests stronger at times. This degradation of society is rampant. But even in the midst, God has still put obstacles in the way to point mankind to himself. Even today, God is proceeding his judgment with mercy. Let me tell you something today. God gave the earth. God created the earth. God created mankind. And from the creation to the flood, he gave them 2,000 years to get it right. And they didn't. So God said, okay, clean it up. Let's go on. I found eight. We'll move on. We'll start everything with eight. Noah and his family. From the flood to Calvary, he gave them 2,000 years to get it right. And God said, okay, you guys are having a hard time making this work. You're figuring this thing out. I tell you what, I'll come do it for you. He walked the earth, lived a perfect life, died a martyr's death without sin, and rose again from the third day. He said, devil, you're done. My people now have victory. Can somebody say amen? 
See, God has always been a God that will make a way where there seems to be no way. Folks, from the, from the creation to the flood was 2,000 years. From the flood to Calvary was 2,000 years. Ladies and gentlemen, from Calvary to now, it's been 2,000 years. Our country is in a carnal crisis. People seeking self-gratification. Alcoholism. Folks, if you can't break the bottle, the bottle will break you. Jesus said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you're dealing with those demons, cry out to God, and God will help. Drug addiction, self, uh, self-satisfaction, and sexual gratification. Let me give you a picture of what the Word of God says. 2 Timothy chapter 3, know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, before we go too far, let me tell you, the last days started at a place called Calvary. Actually, 50 days after Calvary was a time called Pentecost. That's when the Lord poured out His Spirit upon all, all flesh. That's when the Holy Spirit came and God's power was endued through man. That was the beginning of the end. It's been 2,000 years. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, heady, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Have I described 2013? The legalization, nation by nation, of immoral and inappropriate lifestyles is common and relentless. I'm going to show you some stats, and I'm going to show you some pictures here in just a moment. It's going to blow your mind of what's happening around the world. The acceptance and legalization of mind and mood-altering substances. Folks, one of the worst things that did in America was legalized marijuana. If you're here and you like it, my heart breaks for you because it is a stepping stone. You say, oh, it's not a gateway. I can handle it. It is a stepping stone to demon possession. You open yourself with mind-altering things. That's how the devil walks into your life. Why? Because you can no longer tell right from wrong, good from evil. Man, you're getting quiet. I've just started. Moral imperatives are being altered moment by moment. Homosexuality. Listen to me. Polygamy, bestiality. I didn't write the word down. Child and adults. Inse- all this stuff. Folks, I'm going to show you just one newspaper article. You can find dozens of them that says it's coming. It's commonplace, accepted. Carnal activism of all kinds with a vengeance. Now, I want to stop right here before I go any further. If you're here and you're a child of God, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. God has broken everything of the enemy. You don't have to stand in fear. You can stand in faith. If you're here and you're not a child of God, or you're on the fence, you need to really consider what I'm talking about today. As I shared last week, there is no closet Christians. Is that good English? There are no closet Christians. 
something like that. You're either for me or you're against me is what Jesus said. So consider, and at the end of this service, as Andrew said, we'll give you the greatest opportunity of your life. You can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let me quickly, I got so far to go, and I've shared with you these end times messages are always a little bit longer than our normal Sunday message. Everything that we see in this country and world seems to be pointing away from godliness. When truth and love no longer reign in man's heart, and all that remains is evil, judgment is not far behind. Matthew 24. No one knows the day or the hour. We just settle that quickly. This is not a time, though I'm going to give you some interesting things at the end of this message where some people think that we have very little time. If I named their names, you would respect them highly. But no one knows the day or the hour. The angels don't know. Jesus said, I don't even know. Only my Father knows. But as it was in the days of Noah, we're going to bring on a whole new understanding of what it was like in the days of Noah. It will be like this when the Son of Man comes. For in the days before the flood, everybody's just doing what they do. They were going on. Noah was warning. Noah was, was telling the people, repent. But they just kept on doing what they're doing until Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Oh, they did know. But they deliberately ignored until the flood took them away. This is how it's going to be. Once again, let me talk to you, church. Playing hide-and-seek doesn't work with God. God already knows where you are. The best thing we can do is come clean with God and say, God, I'm a sinner. Confess your sins, and he'll cleanse you, and he'll save you, and he'll set you free. As it was in the days of Noah, this is how it's going to be in the coming Many will say, well, Pastor, we've had homosexuals ever since Noah's day. Alexander the Great, Nero, I could go off and name many, many others. Modern people, even, even countries that say they do not allow homosexuality have liaisons in the closets of their lives. In Noah's day, the Bible says the entire world If that's still in your notes, I'm, I only have so much room in your notes, so I'm not sure if I put this letter C, or letter C1 of part one. The entire world was inundated with immorality. Circle that. It wasn't sparse. It wasn't little place. It was the entire world. Remember God's word? Everyone was evil, except for no one in his family. The entire world was swayed to the it's okay. Why can't they live this way? Why can't they do? What's wrong with that? You don't understand. According to the writing of Moses and the history of that day, the people were involved in evil abomination that could, everyone they could possibly conceived. Prominent in those days was sexual perversion of all kinds. In 2 Peter chapter 2, we're going to read it in just a moment, it talks about the antediluvian age. That antediluvian age is just a very fancy word for the days before the flood, the age before the flood. When you read the book of Jude, it says that destruction 
of Sodom and Gomorrah was not because of inhospitality as some churches are promoting. Some doctrines are promoting. The Bible says very plainly it was the extremity of sexual perversion. I can give you verse after verse after verse. Let's jump into 2 Peter 2. God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and his seven members of his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteousness, God's judgment. So God protected Noah. And when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a fast flood. Look what God, underline this in your notes, folks. It's in your, it's in your scriptures, 2 Peter 2. God protected Noah. Scratch, your, scratch Noah's name off and put your name there. Are you with me? He destroyed the world, the ungodly, with a vast flood. Go to the next section, please. Yet, later God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into a heap of ashes. He made them an example of what's going to happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot. Scratch Lot's name out and put your name there. See, God's into rescuing the righteous. Oh, come on. We are not accept- God is into rescuing the righteous, folks. He rescued him right out of the midst of Sodom. Now, let me give you an understanding of that passage. Lot was not perfect. He just refused to give in. You say, Pastor, how he did that? The same way you do it. You say no. And all heaven fights with you. The power of heaven. Remember, Christ in you defeats the devil that tries to be in this fleshly nature. Come on, somebody say amen. Why? Because he was a righteous man and was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented by the wickedness he saw and heard every single day. So you see, and underline this in your notes, the Lord knows how to protect and rescue godly people from their trials. Come on, one person shouting amen. God knows how to protect and to rescue godly people from their... How many are going through stuff? The God of all grace knows where you're at. He said, been there, done that, but I got through it. And don't worry, I know the path. I'll take you with me. Even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the final day. And look at the last verse there. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and despise God's authority, which is exhibited through man. God's the one that places authority, folks. Let me show you some articles. Charisma Magazine, just, a, just a, about four weeks ago. Heretical counterfeit Christianity in action looks like this. We must now, this is, this is a Christian who writes this in Charisma Magazine. We must now have the courage to take the final step and call homophobia and heterosexualism what they are. They are sin. 
Homophobia is sin. Heterosexism is sin. Shaming people for who they love is sin. Really. Shaming people is. But God tells us who we're supposed to love, doesn't he? Only when our churches will say clearly and boldly and courageously that the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender youth are free to grow up in that culture that totally embraces them the way they are will everything be okay. Folks, you love the sin, you hate, or you love the sinner, you hate the sin. God loves us the way we are. Somebody say amen. He just loves us too much to leave us that way. You'll catch that when you leave. Let's go to another magazine. Independent Journal says the story of Jesus Christ was fabricated for the purpose of pacifying the four, claims this controversial Bible scholar. Christianity was a sophisticated government propaganda exercise used to pacify the subjects of the Roman Empire. October 19th of this year, he writes this. He said it's called, he's got a book called Covert Messiah. You say, Pastor, do you recommend me get it? Only if you need paper to start your fires. He said to unveil his purported information. It was just a propaganda exercise to keep the Christians comfortable. Let me go a step further to the next article. The Nation magazine, dispatch from Denver, what's next in the fight for pot legalization? You can read the whole story. I just kept this one piece out of it. Some of the last words that belong to Ira Glasser, the DPA's board president, the former head of the ACLU, whose speech repeatedly linked the wider agenda of drug law reform with other previous and ongoing social justice movements. Despite Washington and Colorado, he said, we haven't won yet. Not only because it's only two states out of 50, but because it's only one issue. The legalization of marijuana is not enough. Folks, the agenda does not end. They have more on the plate. The last slide that I'll show you just now, look at it. Democracy in America and the Economist. Now that gay marriage is legal, polygamy is next. You read the full article, it talks about bestiality. It talks about uh, uh, incestual marriage. In other words, if you happen to decide that you love your sister, it's okay to marry. All these things, and I'm going to get to that in a few minutes, folks. Now on to polygamy. How many think the world is in a carnal crisis? Number two in your notes, we see why God destroyed the earth. I'm just showing you some of the reasons that are happening just today. But now I want to look at how God destroyed the earth. Genesis 7 says seven days from now, God's telling Noah, he said, I'm going to pour rain down on the earth. Now understand, Noah had to ask God, what is rain? Because it had never rained on the earth. When Noah told the people that a great flood was coming, and he's building this great big ark, it's out in the middle of no place. There's no ocean. There's nothing around it. 
And they're mocking him. They're laughing. They don't know what rain is. So where's the flood going to come from? He said, I'm going to cause it to rain 40 days and 40 nights. I'm going to wipe out all of earth. So God, Noah did every single thing that God commanded. Can I tell you something? When the Lord says you need to get your heart right with God, it is wise to listen to the Lord. When Noah was 600 years old, think about that, 600 years old, and he's, and he's building an ark. I'm not even 60 yet. And I was complaining to God about starting a church. He said the 17th day of the second month, look what happened. All the underground waters erupted from the chasms of the deep, the fountains of the deep, from within the earth, and God caused a mighty rain to fall. I'm going to take you to a picture, and I want you to look at it. Hopefully you get a clearer picture of it, and then I'm going to come back to it. You see this right here? You see these jagged marks? These are called the plates. You've got the Pacific plate, the Antarctic plate, the Nazca plate, the African plate, all the Eurasian plate, North American plate. All of these plates are now coming into a brand new light over the last two decades. Science is finding out that these plates have no bottoms to them. They are the weakest spots on the earth. Most Christian scholars believe that this is where the deluge came from. Came from all of this. Now I want you to notice there's red dots all over the place. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. God said from the depths of the earth, I brought up the flood to destroy mankind. As it was in the days of Noah. You said, Pastor, didn't God say he's not going to destroy the earth again with water? I'm glad you're listening. And I'm glad you asked. We'll talk about it. Leave that picture up. Up until then, it never rained on the earth. The dew watered the, the crops. The Bible says that it came. A mist came up from the ground. But something happened during the days of Noah that caused everyone to believe. The earth opened up and began to, and began to vomit the water up out of the bowels of the earth. Let's look at Matthew 24. In the days before the flood... People were enjoying banquets, partyings, right up to the time that Noah entered the ark. Look at me, folks. In the hour we live, there's all kinds of people that are just going through life as usual. Oh, they hear the message. The Bible says you'll see signs in this and signs in that and signs here and signs there. When you look up the original language, that word literally says this way. God says, I'm going to give you signals of what's going to happen in the heavens. I'm going to give you signals of what's going to happen on the earth. I'm going to give you signals. That is what God is trying to do in this day. Right here before the month of, of November ends, the Ison Comet. How many have ever heard of the Ison Comet? It is going to fly close, very close to the earth, very close to the sun. But science right now is tracking it, and it is operating quite erratic. It is doing things that they did not have an idea how it could do this. But this is what's happening. And they're not quite sure where it's going to wind up. Just go Google it. Go, go look at it. And they say that you should be able to see it, actually, with a naked eye right now. Somewhere out in space. It, because right now it's exploding into a very bright ball. I haven't gone and looked for it, but go Google the Ison Comet, I-S-O-N. How many are listening so far today? 
You say, preacher, wouldn't you be listening if somebody was telling you? Yeah. Or as Ray Stevens once said, yeah, I would. Yeah, y'all don't know Ray Stevens. That's okay. People, the Bible says, didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came. They didn't realize because it never happened before. But they knew something was going to happen. Just like today, when we end this service, oh, Lord. This is the way it's going to be when the Son of Man returns. It was not a surprise. Noah had been telling them what was going to happen for 120 years. He never stopped warning them. He never stopped preparing them. The Bible tells us that they chose to willingly be ignorant. Second Peter 3, look what it says. Most importantly, I want to remind you in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. The last days, where are we living, folks? The last days, mocking God, following their own desires. They say, where's the promise of Jesus' return? He's not coming back. He said, before our ancestors, everything has remained the same ever since the world created. And listen what happened. Right now, they got revisionist theology going on. They're rewriting history, even biblical history. One of the great things that are happening today is they're trying their best to deny the things. They have worked for the last century trying to deny a, a, an earthwide flood, a tumultuous flood worldwide. And the Bible says, as we continue here in, in 2 Peter, they deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought from the earth water and surrounded it from water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. They willingly ignore that. They deliberately forget. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that's going to be revealed to us later. Talking about you and I. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Interesting concept. Underline that in your notes. He's going to reveal who his children really are. Not the ones playing church. Not the ones just showing up at church. Not the ones that are just going through the religious motions. He said, I'm going to show everybody who the real ones really are. God said, against its will, all creation was subject to God's curse, the curse that happened because of the fall. Step down, it says, all creation has been groaning in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. We talked about a little bit last week. Right up to this present time, when a mama is giving birth to a child, you start out with a little contraction, don't you, ladies? Then it goes into a little more contractions, doesn't it, ladies? Then it goes into a little more frequent contractions. Right up until that child comes, it's like somebody's knocking at the door and saying, Let me out! Well, the earth is convulsing right now in contractions. The sun, the moons, the star. Science is worried about our sun. Folks, I can't preach it all up here. Go out and look. They are worried about what is happening on the sun. I was excited just about four days ago. I got a brand new news report about the solar flares on the sun. They said a giant flare they have never saw before. They named it the cross flare. Exploded on the sun. You can go out and see a picture of it. okay if the son of God uses the son to show himself 
I'm glad I came today. This is good. Up to this present time, he said, you and I are groaning too. Even though we know what we're waiting for. And look what it says here. It says that we have the promise of the Holy Spirit and a taste of the future already. But yet the Bible says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered in the heart of a man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's ever a time to start loving God, today is the day. Especially when you see these things happening. Let's go to Jude chapter 1. Though you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, though you already know it, I want to remind you, the Lord is going to deliver you from the chaos that's coming upon this earth. And he's going to destroy those who did not believe. Just like he did in Sodom. Just like he did in Gomorrah. Because of sexual immorality perversion, they were an example that said, people, you don't want to do this because it is facing eternal fire. These are all the judgments of man sinking into an irreversible state of immorality. Last this morning, and last doesn't mean quick. So will you all give me a little more time this morning? How many will give me five minutes? Okay, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay, we should get out of here by one. God said he was going to destroy the earth in Noah's day. He said how he's going to destroy the earth. But number three, he said next time it's going to be with fire. Matthew 24, no one knows the day or the hour, only the Father but it will be just like it was in the coming of the Son of Man. There's a twofold reality. I was praying and putting this series together, and God just gave this to me. I've never read this. I've never heard it. I've never seen it anywhere before. I want you to look at this. There's a twofold revelation in the judgment of God in the days of Noah. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Number one is the reason why God's judgment He said the entire earth was caught up in accepting corrupt and ungodly lifestyles that God abhorred. Not just a section, not just a city, not just a place. He said the whole earth. The second thing we find is the way God brought judgment. Listen to me. God said, I'll never destroy the earth with flood again. He said this time it'll be by fire. Put up that picture of the plates that you were up there just a little while ago. No, go back. Plates. You showed it about four or five. There it is, right there, perfect. You see that squiggly lines? You see all those red dots? They happen to be along those same lines, don't they? Those are volcanoes. Put up the next slide for me. Never before in the recording of human history, it's the next slide that talks about volcanic activity. Never before in human history has there been as much volcanic and seismic activity on the earth as there is today. Can you find it, sis? Just keep going down. It says volcanic activity. It should be a news article. 
You want to go see if it locked up there? There it is. We are, in see, we are seeing an, increased, or an increase in volcanic, volcanic activity worldwide. Uh, look at this, August 29th. This is actually, excuse me, this is actually from 2010. So this has been building, and it's continuing to build, even today. Thousands of people are evacuated because of volcanoes in Indonesia. How many just saw the huge explosion just yesterday? You know that volcano hasn't erupted in over 400 years? Mount Cenobone sent ash. This was three years ago. The ring of fire that was formed is a collision of the large tectonic plates by either slamming together or sliding past each other have caused major fault lines, just like the San Andreas Fault where the great earthquakes happened in California. It just goes on to say here, there's 452 volcanoes in his home, and three years ago, 75% of them were active. Never before in history. Where did the deluge come in Noah's day? Out of the depths of the earth. The volcanoes explode out of the depth of the earth. There's tons to read in that. I don't have time to read it. But I want to take you on here. The reason why God said the entire world is consumed with sin. I'm not talking about just sin, folks. I'm talking about perversion, the things that God abhors. We see the why or the way that God brought the judgment. He brought it from the depths of the earth. Never before in recorded history are we having the volcanic activity that we have today. God destroyed the earth the first time by water. Up to that point, it never rained. But all the water came from the depths of the earth. Genesis 7, 11, the underground waters erupted in geysers. But not this time. It's not going to be water. Second Peter 3. And by the same word, the present heavens and the earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment. Do you see that in your notes? Is day capitalized? Judgment capitalized? That's talking about the tribulation period. When you see the day of judgment or the day of the Lord capitalized, we're going to have the day of the Lord in just a minute, and the day is not capital. And I'll explain that to you. The day of judgment talks about the great tribulation. They're being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing. A thousand years of the Lord is like one day, and one day is like a thousand years. God's not slow with his promise of returning. He said he's not. He is being patient. It goes on to say, for your sake, for my sake. Why? Underline this in your notes, please. He does not want anyone destroyed, but everyone to repent. God's not interested in anybody dying without him. That's why he's been so patient. But that's what he says. But the day of the Lord, small letter, day, that talks about the rapture of the church. That day will come unexpectedly like a thief. And then what happens? Look what it says here. The day of the Lord, the rapture of the Lord will come unexpectedly this thief. Then all this other stuff will happen. 
Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And everything uh, in the earth will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, how should we live? Am I making any sense this morning? Once again, he said, the reason I did it is the entire earth was filled with abominable lifestyle. God warned his people, including you and I, that if the world gets back to that lifestyle, I'm going to destroy it. Leviticus chapter 18. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to read just a few verses. The entire chapter talks about perverse lifestyle. And you can read it. It'll blow your mind. It says, men, you're not supposed to be with animals or your kids or your family or your mother or your father or a man. And it goes the same for the women. He just lays it out completely. And then he goes down to the 24th verse. He said, do not defile yourself in any of these ways. For if you do, then he goes on, he says, because the people that I'm driving out of the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan is modern-day Israel. He said, that's what they're doing. He said, they're all living this way. And because the entire land has been defiled, I am pushing the people who live there out. I'm punishing the people. And listen to what it says here. And I will cause the land to vomit them out. You must obey all my decrees and regulations. You must not commit any of these detestable sins. This applies both to native-born Israelites and the foreigners who live in among you. Talking about those who are the children of God and those who are grafted in to become the children of God. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I am taking you, and this is how the land has been defiled. Do not defile the land. And give it reason to vomit you out, or it will. Just like it's doing to the ones that are there right now. The entire country, the entire world was falling in this. On the screen, this is a map, go ahead, of all the countries in the world that now accept homosexuality. The darker the blue, the more open they are. The darker the red, the less open. But every one of the countries are open. The sad reality, the color of Israel, is half of the nation says, we're okay with it. God's nation. If you watch the news, they got protests going on all the time. Pushing for the legalization of everything. Homosexual. Now let me go to another map. This is revealing of the countries that are, that are this same map, but talks about the ones that are most and least tolerant. I put that up there twice. Same thing I just explained to you. The red countries are the least tolerant. The blue countries or the darkest countries are the most tolerant of this. Look what the Israeli news said just a few days ago. Israel is considered the gay capital of the Middle East. How could God's nation? Let's stop for a second. How can the whole world? 
What happened to the whole world the last time? God called the depths, the deep to open up. As it was in the days of Noah. It says only 40% have a problem with it. As it was in the days of Noah. Unless you live a sheltered existence, you can see that the world is being captivated by abominable and perverse things. And why does God say the earth shall inhabit out her her inhabitants? Because of all the great abominations. Ezekiel chapter 14. It says, Son of man, if a country sins against me by being unfaithful, I will stretch out my hand against it. And even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were in that country, they could save only themselves by their righteousness. Nobody else. It's all a personal relationship, folks. These great abominations are going on in this country, within families in this country, by people who refuse to resist evil. You say, Pastor, can you give me a little more idea of this whole earth opening up? How many noticed the weather changes? They're calling it global warming, but if you read in the news, they're actually saying it's because of the volcanic activity that's going on in the world. Shooting all the ash into the air, that ash doesn't just go up and come down. It travels the entire world jet stream. And when it's covered enough, it cools. When it brings one of the things that if you go out and study, once again, you go read this, they're actually fearful of a new ice age. Why? Because the ash becomes so thick that the sun can't come through and all the temperatures drop, not rise. Has anybody heard this stuff besides me? God said, as it was in the days of Noah, he said, I'm going to open the earth. Now I'm going to get close to home. Super volcano in a magazine recently, go ahead and put it up if you could. Over in, in uh, England is where they first started reporting it because America doesn't want to bother everybody. 600,000 years, it hasn't happened. But if this one explodes like they're expecting it to, it will wipe out two-thirds of the U.S. immediately. And the rest of the U.S. will be destroyed in a very short amount of time. It's called Yellowstone National Park the largest caldera in the world. All Yellowstone is is a giant volcano. And they said that the activity that's been going on, the ground has been rising inches a year. You say, Pastor, that's scary. Not if you're a Christian. Not if you're living for Christ. See, the Bible told us thousands of years ago all this was going to happen. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, I brought all the depth, all the destruction out from the depths of the earth. I'm doing it again. That time was water. This time's fire. Yellowstone supervolcano alert. The most dangerous volcano in America, October 2nd, 2013, is roaring to life. I'm not going to spend time. I, I don't have time. Just go to the next picture if you would. This is what they say will be covered in 10 feet of volcanic ash. The rest of America will be completely destroyed, as will several countries around it. Canada, Mexico, because of the nuclear winter. Because of the ash that will be in the atmosphere. Folks, you say, Pastor, this is scary. I told you, this is going to be 
the most different end time series you ever heard. I'm your pastor. My job is to warn you of what's happening in the earth. But as I always say, do not take my word. You got the notes. You got the scripture. You got charts. You got, go look yourself. God called me in Ezekiel to be a watchman of the city. I will never pacify you. I will always educate and warn you. Are you okay with that? That's my job as pastor. It's not a bit. Excuse me. I started to say if it explodes. They already say it's going to. They just don't know when. They don't know when. Let's go to the next article. I'm going to be a few more minutes, but you come up and go to the next slide if you could. Is there another slide? Yeah, the ash. No, that's, that's it. The atmospheric activity that's going on. Let me give you some very interesting things. Do not bring the last one up. I do not think I have time to get into it, but I will just touch on it. God just, last night, I didn't go to bed until almost 3 o'clock this morning. I was just, I was watching uh, some things on, on video, and I was reading some things, and, and uh, I've got a, a, I'll tell you in just a second. The Hebrew word for land that talks about there in Leviticus, it's used six times in chapter 18, it's used two times in chapter 20. It is a literal land that's going to vomit people out because of geysers breaking through. Are you okay? The greater the, the, the meanings of all of this is talking about the act the volcanic activity that is happening right now worldwide. The Bible says the earth unwillingly accepted God's curse in Romans eight, and God said it's time for the restoration of the earth. And those who obey Christ will not be vomited. Why? God said, I will rescue them. The chasms of the deep brought forth the water in Noah's day. And now they're seeming to bring forth new usage. I showed you already the, the serpentining fissures that science has found weaknesses in the earth's crust and they find it all at the ring of fire where all the volcanic activity. There is, there is one more picture that I didn't put up there. I actually had a picture that shows all the active volcanoes in the world as of last night. It was one of those regenerating pictures. And it, every red volcano listed was active, every, or was actual exploding every yellow one was active every there was one other color that was showing signs of activity they had like five that showed no signs over half of them were red and another third of them or more were yellow talking about this i, I, I for whatever reason i didn't put that in there i don't think is it back there dear is it on the okay my wife stayed up all night helping me put all this stuff in, in these slides and stuff. Tell my wife how much you appreciate her, would you? I can't, I can't do all this stuff without what she, she just... Let me take you into some interesting stuff. Talking about this caldera in the northern part of our country. 
There's only two places in the word of God that uses the word vomit. Jonah and Leviticus, where we just read. The fascinating thing about Jonah is Jonah was spewed out into a land. The name of the land was Tarshish. How many remember the story of Jonah and the whale? Only two places the word of God uses the word vomit. With Jonah, when he was vomited out from the land or onto the land, God said, the wicked will be vomited out into the land. The word Tarshish literally means yellow stone. Coincidence? Don't know. Put the next screen up. The next clip, please. This is something that's sweeping the world right now, and I have studied it extensively, and I know why. Four blood moons. I wasn't going to teach on it, but I'm going to next Sunday. These are four supernatural activities that have only happened twice before in the last 500 years. Never before and never again will it happen. It's called a tetrad. Four blood moons and a full solar eclipse. Notice the days. Passover, Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles. Nisan. Nisan was the day of Israel's deliverance. Folks, I'm going to tell you the other the time this has happened. Only twice before. And I'm going to give you the dates. The day of Israel's deliverance. You and I are going to be delivered. God said when you see all these things begin to happen, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. I have a seven and a half minute video I don't have time to show this morning. I just don't have time. But we'll look at it next week. I'm going to teach on the blood moons. Passover, which is around the, the end of March, beginning of April. It's when the, the death angel passed over the uh, children of Israel and were spared during the time of the, is, the uh, Egyptian exodus. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. Nassar, then Passover. The first one is April 15th next year. The next one is October 8th, 2014. 2015, March 20th, April 4th. Uh, September 28th. Interesting thing about Sukkot or Sukkot, just however you'll pronounce it. I'm not Jewish, so I'm not great in Hebrew on that aspect. Right before Sukkot is is uh, the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah. The Passover happens before Rosh Hashanah. Follow this, folks. The Passover, God said, I'm going to deliver you from the wicked. Rosh Hashanah, the Bible says that the last trump of God, we're going to be taken out of here. 
then you've got Sukkot or the Feast of Trumpets. I mean, excuse me, the, uh, yeah, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Bible teaches that we will tabernacle with God for eternity. No, you're not getting this. God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver you from the wicked, the Passover. He said, then I'm going to blow the trumpet, the rapture. And then I'm going to tabernacle with you. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles for all eternity. There are many scholars that believe somewhere in this blood moon, tetrad, the rapture is going to happen. Don't know. But we're going to look at things next week. This is going to blow your mind. You do not want to miss next Sunday as I talk about the four blood moons. I had no intention of doing it. But I don't have any choice. I have to preach what God wants me to preach. Is that okay? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.